Welcome to Tattooed Freaks and Business Suits, recorded live in the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get to the jobs they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, I do have a book out there. It's called Get a Job Without Going Crazy. You can find it on Amazon or my website or all kinds of interesting places. So my guest today is Margot Burns, uh, who runs her own leadership coaching and Enneagram uh, company. I'll have her introduce herself in just one moment because she's going to do it so much better than I can. Uh, so for those of you who are not aware, our show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X millennials and those to come after seek positions of leadership that really allow them to be themselves. So every show we explore a topic related to business or job searching. And of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top-rated career coaches. We focus on the practical tools for your job search, including resumes, LinkedIn profiles, uh, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. So check out our ridiculously long website, which is personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or you know, you can just Google it. Hi, Margo. Good morning. How are you today? I'm really well. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So thank you very much for joining me. And let's just dive right into things. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm happy to. So I'm Margo uh, Burns. I'm here, uh, located in the Denver, Colorado um, area, and I'm a leadership uh, coach. I have a background in rehabilitation counseling and um, have been a business owner, a two-time entrepreneur for the last 30 years and um, really found myself um, in a position of being very successful, high achieving, but out of alignment with my own core values and what I wanted to do in the world. And so I transitioned to a new career and a new way of working. And that is a focus of my leadership coaching. Um, I also am certified and trained in the Enneagram, which I know we're going to talk about later and um, use that as a foundation for my coaching and in my own personal um, and professional development. Excellent. Excellent. Um, So since you are a leadership coach, what are some of the signs that, you know, you might look for or, you know, advise somebody if would be good symptoms, basically, that they need to get some coaching done? Yeah, that's a great question. And it, gosh, it could be for so many reasons. I mean, a a lot of um, folks are, you know, I do leadership coaching with up and coming leaders. And so um, those who have really been earmarked for higher ranking positions um, who are moving up in the ranks and need um, the skill set to do that. Uh, I also, though, um, really specialize in working with high achieving women who Um, maybe at the top of their game or on paper, everything looks great. Mm -hmm. You know, they've achieved the the job they wanted. They're making good money and yet something's missing. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe um, they've raised their kids and they've just given themselves away, right? To 
um, to so many others. And now they're really like, well, wait a minute. Now it's my time. I want to focus on myself. And coaching is a great way to do that. Um, so many people come to me for leadership coaching, thinking I want to get to the next phase of my career. I want to get to the next place or maybe change careers altogether. But I want to piggyback on something you said, that your podcast is about a different way of working in the world. Mm-hmm. It's about, um, you know, working with what I heard is really working with heart, which is where I um, come from and I coach from that. um, That's, that is really a trend in today's leadership. And, you know, if you want to be a better leader, you have to know yourself. You know, if, if you don't know yourself, you're not going anywhere. And so that's really what I focus on. If you are a leader, if you are a person who wants coaching, leadership coaching in particular, I will lead you back to yourself, like home to your heart. That makes sense. It makes sense. So one of the other, what I feel is one of your more unique offerings is you have a thing called habit busting. Can you tell me more about that and why it's important? Yes. So my habit busting programs are um, definitely for leaders, um, but in particular, um, I have specialized training in working Um, in techniques that help people regulate their nervous system and manage stress. So build more resiliency, lower stress. And this people usually come to me because a, it's a, it's a woman who um, is coping with stress by drinking too much Mm. or eating a bunch of crappy food. Mm. And so, you know, doing emotional stress eating um, or just coming home from work and, and just at the end of your rope and opening a bottle of wine and before you know it, it's gone. Right. So um, that was my story, you know, for many, many years, I was just, I was just pushing through and working and raising kids. And um, I was so drained. I didn't have any resources. I didn't have good stress um, management skills and um, you know, a, glass or two or three of Chardonnay at the end of the day was usually my way to deal with it. And um, I quit drinking with the help of a coach. And it was so impactful for me, the changes in my life that I became trained to do this with other people. Um, So that's part of the habit busting. So it's, it's not so much about, um, well, let me, let me rephrase that. It's, it's really about finding ways to live life with fulfillment and with heart and without substances, without coping strategies that are unhealthy and self-damaging. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think even when we're looking, whether it's in leadership or something, you're just wanting to get ahead in your career, there's oftentimes this perception that something has to suffer for it. Like, it's like, if we're going to be high achieving in our careers, we're going to put in 60, 70 hours a week. That means we're not going to be as present for our family. Or if we're trying to keep everything pulled together for the family and for our careers, then our self-care is going to suffer. Is that like the habits you're seeing too? It's exactly what I'm saying. And it's, and it's such a, um, 
it's such a shame, you know, that women have been given this message and have bought into it that in order to be successful, we have to give up ourselves. We have to forget ourselves. And it's crap. We don't have to. And in fact, as anybody who's ever, you know, focused on your own self for a while that I, I say over and over self attention is not selfish. Mm -hmm. Self attention is not selfish. And when we as women um, really take care of ourselves and meet our own needs and get enough sleep and you know, eat, you know, at regularly scheduled times during the day and eat good food um, and and get our exercise if that's what we're into or meditate or whatever, you know, that we are better for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an inside job and it's such a habit to just keep giving ourselves away yep. to other people. And then we're drained and depleted. And from that place, we're not giving our best. You know, we're giving just what we can. And yes. so it's it's not a sustainable way of being, but so many of us are living that way. Yeah, it's like uh, kind of reminds me of that old, old commercial back in the 80s that was, I just remember this thing every, it's like, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan. Yeah, to clean all and the dishes and make you feel like a man. It's exactly like, wow. right. And oh, who's yeah. making me feel like a woman? That's what I want to know, you know, and it's like me, I am, I'm responsible for my own self and my own care. And, and it's this, you know, idea that it, it's really empowering to, to think, okay, I'm going to take care of myself first. And mm -hmm. then every I'm better for everybody else. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the Enneagram because you do the Enneagram empowerment pro uh, process, right? I know I'm screwed Enneagram up. empowerment principle is the, uh, and, and yeah, so that's uh, what my leadership and personal and professional development falls under. And yeah, what can I tell you about the Enneagram? You and I did a, a session together. What, right, <laughs> right. But there may be some people out there who don't know what the Enneagram is, mm -hmm. haven't heard of it. So what exactly is it? So the Enneagram is a, is a pretty ancient, but very incisive um, psychological, spiritual, and somatic tool for personal and professional development. Um, it's been used in the business place in leadership coaching since the 1970s. It's been taught at the Stanford and Harvard schools of business. Um, but uh, initially, it was used for... Um, in contemplative practice. So it was used for people who were really already looking inward and um, as a way of self-awareness, self-discovery and self-observation. So and a way to regulate your own self. Um, one, of, one of my favorite teachers um, named Russ Hudson, who wrote one of the um, you know, most uh, well-known books on the Enneagram called The Wisdom of the Enneagram says, you know, using this kind of tools like catching yourself in the act. Mm. So, so many of us are on autopilot and, and that's a very smart survival, you know, technique to, to just kind of be going through your day and not aware of what you're doing. And, but once you start to wake up, you know, once you start to catch yourself in the act, you can be aware and you can pause and notice, oh, here I'm doing that pattern again. I'm doing that thing that I do. Um, and there are nine very distinct uh, ego structures or patterns of behavior that we see in the Enneagram system. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a way of understanding yourself almost as if you have an owner's manual, you right. know. And um, some people hear um, about a system like this, and and it's and it's often described, and I think wrongly described as a personality system. Um, personality is only a part of it. Um, people think, oh, I don't want to be put in a box, but really, it's being on autopilot. That's the box. Right. Our personality, our our survival instincts, our defense mechanism. That's the box. Mm-hmm. And a system like this is the key out of the box. Makes sense. Makes sense. So you use this both as a leadership coaching for individuals one on one, but also for team development, right? Yes, I use it in one-on-one coaching as a foundation, um, just so that when somebody comes to me, this is something I help them identify their Enneagram type. And we work with that as a basis for their self-understanding and and as a way that they can start um, observing their own behavior and and catching themselves, you know, and and then start to adjust and change their behavior, whether it's their communication style, they're, you know, drinking too much, they're, you know, but in leadership, it's often about what is my impact on others? How am I coming across? How am, how is my style of being in the world working for me, you know, and really being aware of that. Um, For teams, it's just, I mean, just take that and multiply it. It's, you know, how is the team communicating with each other? How is the team managing conflict? Um, How are team members giving each other feedback? So if you want an effective team and you want to work together and reduce conflict, you've got to have the skills to give each other feedback, you know, in a way that isn't damaging, right? Right. So one question with this, with so many teams working by remote, you know, since, as we know, things changed over the past year, would you say understanding these team dynamics are even more important because now you don't have the benefit of interacting with each other individually and in person? Yeah, it definitely changed the dynamic, didn't it? So it, you know, now we, we can only see people kind of from the, you know, the upper chest up most of the time. We're not seeing everybody's body language. You know, we're, we, but the interesting thing is that, especially if we're one-to-one like this and we're in speaker view, I can see your face really clearly. And so I'm able to see maybe some features of your face that I might not see across a conference room. Mm, So it's, it goes both ways, but for the most part, you know, this is a less personal way of interacting and communicating than if we're face-to-face in person. And, um, and so people had to really adjust the way that they were communicating. Now, interestingly, I've heard from a lot of folks say that when there's a screen between them and the other person, they actually felt more emboldened, you know, that they were more honest or more willing to give tough feedback or have hard conversations because it felt safer. Right. That makes sense. I actually can see the point of that too, right? It's almost like a a protective thing or a protection layer or something like that. In a way. Yeah. That's, that's, and it, and it's an interesting way to look at it. Plus you're usually people were in their own home you know, which kind of provides this layer of safety for hopefully for most people. Yeah. So anyways, you did do this for me the other day, a couple of weeks ago or something like that. And I was actually quite impressed with the results because we spoke for maybe, 
you put me through an evaluation, maybe it was 15, 20 minutes. And I thought I ended up pretty accurate. Yeah. So what is it? I'm curious to know what you noticed between the time that we did this interview and you identified as what's called a type seven, which is the um, optimist, you know, or sometimes it's called the epicure of the Enneagram. Like, what did you learn? Well, I mean, definitely seeing all the strengths when it comes into like the brainstorming side of things, the idea generation, uh, getting excited on projects. And, you know, one of the things I pointed out is uh, I do get easily bored, even if it's something that I enjoy. (laughs) Sounds crazy, but it was good to hear that I'm not alone in the world and thinking that way. Yeah. And that's the other beautiful thing about the Enneagram. I'm glad you brought that up, that it's a way of seeing ourselves with a bit of humor, but a lot of compassion, you know, and there again, we come back to that heart piece of, you know, can, can I go through my life and um, just be who I am and screw up once in a while and have fun, hopefully lots of the time, um, but really be authentic and have fun with it, you know, and have a sense of humor about it and, and have compassion for, for myself when, Um, when things don't go exactly as planned or not quite the way that I want them to go. Right. So great that you, great that you could see that and also be uh, patient and kind with yourself when you noticed those things. Right. And the other one too, that was really interesting was that, you know, kind of getting back into like the defense mechanisms and you're pointing out that it kind of goes with the numbers that are on either side. So like my defense mechanisms coming in as an eight or uh, like the things that really aggravate and annoy me. One of the things I like to point out is I'm not a micromanager. I don't want to babysit people. It really annoys me when I have to do that. It's like, I just want to tell you to go do something. You go do it. You figure out how you need, if you want advice, I'll be happy to help you and give you the advice, but I'm not going to like dictate everything to you. I'm like, you're an adult. You should be responsible. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. I'm more of like a macro manager is the way I actually refer to it. Exactly. And I, we don't have a a diagram of the Enneagram in front of us. The, the numbers are arranged around a circle and um, it's actually what you're talking about. I'll just do a gentle correction here. It's called a wing. So you have a wing to eight um, and you have, which is right. Kind of your next door neighbor on the Enneagram and, and you're influenced by that big personality, the uh, defense mechanism of the seven is called rationalization, which I think we talked about also. This this um, ability to um, come up very quickly with an excuse, say, or to, to say, well, this is why I behaved in this way, um, because you believed um, that, you know, maybe it's something you don't want to look at, and so you believed what you did was okay. Mm-hmm. And um, sevens do that quite naturally. Yeah, it's the benefit of being a brainstormer, right? I can use my powers for good or for evil. Yeah. (laughs) So to speak. (laughs) And and that's also a great point. You know, one of the things, too, I love about the Enneagram is that this isn't a system of trying to get rid of um, habits or behaviors. Well, maybe habits, but, you know, things – this is looking honestly – 
at all aspects of us, you know, all sides of us, including our shadow side or our dark side. There are things about all of us that, you know, we'd rather not look at um, or that we'd rather not admit we're there, right? And then there are things about us that are fabulous that we want to celebrate. And, you know, so can, can we hold those in a balance and understand that this is our whole person? You know, this is what really makes us um, unique and whole and um, integrated, you know, and and not be ashamed that there's parts of us that, you know, don't always work so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just part of being human. Exactly. So I got to ask, so where did you fall on the Enneagram? Oh, I'm, that's an interesting story. I I'm um, an Enneagram type six, uh, which is also a head type. So I'm your other next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. So you would have influence from the type six also. And likewise, I have um, a seven wing. So I'm quite influenced by the seven. So uh, type six is called the loyal skeptic. So Mm -hmm. I am... I am a person that has um, all the head types have kind of an underlying um, hum of anxiety, you know, and there's fear is the driving emotion for the types that are head types, uh, which six and seven are both head types. And um, so for me, um, in leadership, for instance, I'm very collaborative. I'm an excellent problem solver. I handle crises very well. And it's because I think about what could go wrong. Mm. I plan ahead to handle what might go wrong in a situation. And I'm really good at seeing that. And I don't see it as negative. I see it as a good service. You know, like somebody has to be level-headed here, right? Somebody has to look at these, um, the situation from this practical, realistic way of like, wait a minute, if we put the, you know, I don't know what an example is like, you know, we, we put this, the stage there, it's blocking an exit and we're not going to be able to get out safely or something, or, you know, have we thought about this? Sixes can be, um, often um, contrarian, you know, like if you know somebody in your life who tends to be a devil's advocate or ask a lot of questions or need a lot of reassurance, um, uh, that could be a six. Um, I think my husband is a six. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, I'll, I'll bring up my crazy plans for the business. And, you know, the thing he always asks first and foremost, he's like, well, can you pay the bills? Yeah. Like, very, very, well, that could be a lot of different types. But <laughs> just bring, don't like bring it down with bills. Yeah. 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 And so, so, but it's, it shows you how, like in a business setting, for instance, these different viewpoints can both complement and sometimes aggravate each other, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, how, how can you all see each other's gifts and use that and, and um, honor my gifts? I honor your gifts. And then we also recognize where we don't see eye to eye, you know, mm-hmm. it's like learning to speak everybody's language. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned that these are head types. So what are the other type categories on the Enneagram? Yep. So there are three head types, the five, six, seven. There are three heart types, the two, three, four. So these are people who, um, for whom relationship connecting is their um, focus of attention. Um, they tend to have um, an image of themselves that um 
helps them feel safe in the world. Um, so, you know, do I look successful? Am I helpful to you? Am I unique? And um, those are the th three different types. And then there's three um, body center types, the eight, the nine, and the one. And those three types, their attention goes to control and autonomy. Um, having things the way they want them. And so um, they, they tend to be focused on some kind of action in three different ways. And their underlying emotion is anger. And that shows up in three different ways. For the heart, I didn't say their underlying emotion is um, sadness, really, which shows up because they get attached to the image of themselves and lose connection with their heart, yeah. with their true self. Right. Yeah. I think that's an important part in when you're coaching people on their results is like those underlying emotions of like what would typically be seen as negative emotions, fear, anger, and sadness. Yeah. But they really inform us, you know, they really give us, um, they can again be like a roadmap. You know, if I'm, if I'm ramped up with anxiety, I can notice that and stop and be like, okay, now what's really going on? Like what's, am I in a worst case scenario here or is everything okay? And I'm just thinking that things are going to go wrong and that's creating anxiety in my body. You know, if I'm, um, if I'm a type two, for instance, which is called the helper on the Enneagram, am I feeling nervous and I'm, am I kind of leaning in toward you because I'm worried about our relationship? You know, I want to keep checking in with you to make sure we're okay. You know, mm -hmm. an eight, for instance, a body type, which is, uh, again, your wing, um, you know, is going to be concerned with, well, who's got the power and do they deserve it? Eights are concerned with justice and fairness um, and people taking responsibility for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I can yeah. definitely see that. Yeah. So. And then once we have uh, this underlying understanding of ourselves, that's where the whole empowerment comes with this, correct? Yeah. Well, it is. It's so empowering to really understand yourself, you know, and 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 understand yourself with compassion. I keep coming back to that because we this the one thing about the system is that it's almost eerily accurate. And we're as much as we like to think that we're very unique and um, uh, and special, we're pretty predictable. Humans are predictable. You know, we behave in certain ways, we react in certain ways. And the way that the types are described um, is so accurate. It's, it's a little bit, like I said, eerie. And um, so the empowerment comes in, in knowing like, oh, that's just my survival instinct oh, that's the fear I've had since I was a little girl. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm -hmm. I have the skills to handle this as an adult and I know what to do now. But it's that reminder because that little part of us, that, that part of our brain that is like the primal aspect, it's, it's only thinking about the next 15 seconds. Like, how can I feel safer? How can I feel more comfortable? How can I get out of the situation that I don't like? So these, this old stuff is going to come up, of course, but how do we handle it now as an adult who knows the skills or has the skills yeah. to handle anything? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, so one of the things I did note on your website is that you actually do a lot of service and volunteer work. Um, so 
do you have a favorite program that you participate in? I do. I, I'm highly involved in um, an organization called the Enneagram Prison Project. And in fact, right now I'm, um, I'm in training to be a guide. So um, hopefully starting this fall, I will start teaching the organization's curriculum in state and federal prisons here in Colorado. Um, And I'm just passionate about this organization, not just because it uses the Enneagram, but because it teaches this compassionate system to some of the most disenfranchised, traumatized individuals that the country knows and um, allows these incarcerated individuals to see themselves as human and to see the good in themselves and to understand and because i think the statistic is 85 or more percent of them have been horrifically traumatized mm-hmm. you know people people aren't born to commit murder or to to rape or rob or steal or anything you know people have things happen to them. And so the curriculum includes not just teaching about the Enneagram, but helping them understand about trauma, about what happened to them, asking not what's wrong with you, but what happened to you. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps them understand addiction and not just addiction to substances, but addiction to our personality. And that's the other really um, interesting thing that I hadn't looked at before with the Enneagram is how am I addicted to my way of being? So it's just, it's, it is right now my number one um, service, passion and interest, and I'm devoting quite a bit of time to it lately. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. I'm glad you're involved with all that. And that's a great way to look at everything too, is, you know, one thing I definitely believe is that people coming out of the prison system need tools to help them, not just uh, like get a job or things along these lines, but the recidivism rate is so high. And I actually did in 2012, I was involved with a project with the state of Colorado, teaching people on food stamps, uh, better ways to find a job. Mm-hmm. You know, this was 2012. So it was still the recession was hitting. We would see classes of 50 to 70 people and yeah. more than half of them would have felonies because yeah. it's, almost impossible to get a job without, you know, when you've got a felony, especially depending on what it is. Right. And so people get down on them. They're like, well, if you would just get a job and you're required to get a job from your your parole status and things like this, and but uh, all the employers are prejudiced. Yeah. There's a lot of assumptions, a lot of assumptions about people who have been incarcerated and, you know, it's, it's a fine line, isn't it? Because the truth is they broke the law. Mm-hmm. You know, they were in prison because they did something and they broke the law and they were in, incarcerated for it. Um, and and they're also human beings. And what what we're seeing in this program is this tremendous personal growth and emotional responsibility and ownership for what they did and for how they can move forward in a different way. And um, the, the organization teaches the curriculum on the inside, but the mission um, of the organization is to bring the Enneagram to people all over the world and free people 
um, of the prisons of their own making on both sides of the bars. And so we have a reconnecting program. So right now, and actually COVID um, was a great um, boost to the reconnecting program, which used to just be in the Bay Area. Now it's online. So um, people from all over the country who had been incarcerated and learned the program inside can participate in this reconnecting program in in their local community from wherever they are um, once a week. It's free to them um, and they get ongoing training in the Enneagram and just their own personal work. So it's, um, you know, it's not, the Enneagram is not the end all be all of, of um, life, right? But they're getting the skills. So we're also teaching, um, for instance, there's somebody who's doing a parenting class. There's somebody who's doing um, a budgeting and finance class. There's I'm going to later after my training be doing, um, uh, because of my background in, in vocational rehabilitation counseling, some you know basic job searching, seeking skills. Maybe you want to help us with that too, you know? I might. Yeah. And so, you know, it's an it's an organization that's really caring for people as um, whole, worthy and wise individuals. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, what I found even in the classes that I was teaching is they would come in very skeptical and then we would give them some like real answers because nobody would give them like real answers. Right. It it would just be glazed over. And then the typical people leading the classes would go to the easy answers right but it's even the fact that we just had like two or three different strategies specifically addressing if you had a felony here's how you write about this on a on application here's what you would say in an interview really stressing the whole taking ownership like you just said yes you know it's like, yes, I did commit this. Yes, I served this time, but I learned my lesson and here's what I'm doing to improve my life going forward. Right, exactly. You that know, ownership is so is so empowering, right? And it and it shows it shows a prospective employer, okay, here's somebody who's taking responsibility for what they did. It's not a victim role. It's not like, well, you know, the system and 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 it's true, the system is really a mess, you know. But just coming out and saying, okay, here's this is where I'm at. This is who I am. This is what happened. This is what I did. But I want a job. Here's what I'm willing to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So here we get to one of my favorite parts of the show where we get to talk about the tattoo of the day. <laughs> but Margo, you don't have a tattoo, do you? I don't have a tattoo. I know. I know. I'm a... I don't know why either, because I'm kind of fascinated with tattoos. I I think, um, you know, I have practiced yoga for many years, which is a like an art show of tattoos at most yoga studios, right? And um, I've just never pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. So if you were to get a tattoo, what would you get? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you asked me something like that. And I, you know, I gave this a lot of thought. And I <clears throat> think... I, I've talked so much about heart, you know, on this, on the show. And that's my work lately is really coming home to my own heart. You know, I, I don't, um, I, I just really resist vulnerability and, um, but that's part of life. And when I go there and I let someone in, to see the real me and my own heart, 
um, I, it's enhanced every relationship I have. And so, um, and even being able to stay with those, with an emotion that I'm feeling. And so I think it would be something like that. It would be just even the word stay or, um, you know, even (laughs) it sounds so cliche, but just a little heart somewhere that I could see it would be, would be something kind of cool because that's, that's what leads me back to myself Mm -hmm. staying with my heart. Yeah, Yeah. Cool. Cool. Excellent. Well, if you ever decide you want to pull the trigger on the tattoo, I have got some excellent resources to to point you to here in the Denver metro area. So uh, anyways, we'll go ahead and wrap things up for today. So Margot, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, my uh, we- my website is margoburnscoaching.com and my email is wakeup at margoburnscoaching.com. Um, those are the best ways to get it. You can sign up for my newsletter on my website. <clears throat> you can um, schedule a, a free 30-minute um, discovery call with me through my website or through my email. Um, those, yeah, those are the best ways to get a hold of me. And I, I have, um, spots available for one-on-one coaching, either for the habit busting or for the program I called reclaim yourself, which is a three month program. Mm -hmm. And in the fall, I'll be doing another, um, group habit busting, um, which there will be a group focused on people who want to take a dedicated and supported break from alcohol. Mm. And I'm going to do a group this fall for people who struggle with um, food, who use food as a coping mechanism and really want some concrete, practical and sustainable strategies for better, um, more healthy stress management techniques. Excellent. Sounds very interesting. And are you doing those in person or in line? Those are going to be online so that because I have people from all over the country who um, come to those those workshops and uh, classes. And so, um, yeah, those will be online. But my if you're in the Denver metro area and you want to come to my office, then um, I'm I am now seeing people in person again uh, or I can do Zoom calls if that's more convenient. Excellent. So thank you again, Margo, for being part of the show. My name is Donna Shannon. My company is Personal Touch Career Services. And my producer always reminds me, if you liked what you heard here, give us a like, maybe give us a follow. Even you could write a comment. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. The world is mean enough already. We don't need more stuff like that. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.